Thank you, Matt and Lisa. I'm going to continue this morning in our little series called Quieting the Noise. I've entitled this morning, Stop the Rumor. Do you hear that? That silence. And noise is unwanted sound. There can be physical sound that's unwanted. It could be psychological. For instance, in a concert. I was up at Red Rocks for a concert. I was invited by a friend a couple of years ago now. The sound was so ear-splitting. But you didn't care because you were involved emotionally, your feelings, your thoughts, you were excited, the atmosphere was electric, and so the volume of the sound didn't matter. However, I'm given to understand that those concerts came to be so loud through the years up there at Red Rocks that neighborhoods down the mountainside could hear the noise way into the evening and they were very unhappy with it. And so a curfew was instituted at Red Rocks. All concerts have a curfew and have to be done by a certain time. So there's an example of the same concert you're sitting in enjoying. It's great for you. It's noise to somebody else. You see, we need quiet places. There's actually a physiological effect to noise. For instance, it can disturb communication. They have discovered that children in schools, where the school's located in a noisy neighborhood, test lower in their scores than children in schools that have the capacity, the ability to have a quieter surrounding. Noise is found to be very stressful, especially if you don't have any control over it. A 2019 International Union of Biochemistry and Molecular Biological or Biology, excuse me, study found, and this is recorded in the National Library of Medicine, they found that environmental noise is a well-recognized health risk and part of the external epsom of the World Health Organization. And they estimate that one million healthy life years are lost annually in Western Europe alone due to noise-related complications, including increased incidence of hypertension, heart failure, myocardial infraction, and stroke because of noise. How about sleep disturbance? As a nonspecific stressor, chronic low-level noise exposure can cause a disruption in your sleep and communication, leading to annoyance and subsequent sympathetic and endocrine stress responses, leading to increased blood pressure, heart rate, stress hormone levels, and in particular, more oxidative stress. Being responsible for vascular dysfunction and representing changes in the internal eposum. I didn't look that up. I'm not sure exactly what that means. But I know my sleep has been affected by noise. 
unwanted noise. Last night, I wake up, it's almost one o'clock, I get up to go to the restroom, uh, the dog has come in and let me know that he needs to go to the bathroom, so I let him out and then I grab him and we both climb back in bed together. And my window's open and right next door, there, there isn't much of a yard, the neighbor's yard or our yard, there's a fence and maybe six feet, eight feet at most on his side and my side, so it's not much. Their house is like right there, and their window was open, and they had a crying baby going on. And I mean, and this wasn't an infant, it was a toddler, you could tell by the, right? And it was very annoying, because it's like he didn't have to be crying, he wanted something, and the parents weren't, weren't working it out. And I laid there, and I laid there, and I laid there, and couldn't fall back asleep because of the noise. Chronic stress generates cardiovascular risk factors on its own, such as increased blood pressure, blood viscosity, blood glucose, and activation of blood coagulation. To this end, persistent chronic noise exposure increases cardiometabolic diseases, including arterial hypertension, coronary artery disease, arrhythmia, heart failure, diabetes mellitus type 2, and stroke. Who oh, no. we need We need some quiet places in our lives, right? Maybe we need to dial things down in terms of the noise. Did you know that noise is both a noun and a verb? As a noun, it means irrelevant or meaningless data or output occurring along with desired information. Number two, common talk, rumor. It's no noise. We refer to it as noise. As a verb, it means too much talk, or that talk is too loud, or that sound is too loud. Or number two, interestingly, spreading rumor. I want to chat with you for a few minutes about religious noise and rumor. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 21, verse 34, somewhat of a text for us for this series, Jesus said this, habitually fine-tune your ears to always resonate with your inner self. Don't become a worry addict. Never, ever allow the anxieties of the physical world to intoxicate you and overload you with distractions, quieting the noise our series. The typical effect of that would be like someone suffering from a hangover. By not living in sync with your heart's harmony leaves you vulnerable to be suddenly snared like a bird. You see, religious noise and rumor require, or excuse me, require the quiet sound of knowing your oneness with the divine. Religious noise and rumor require the quiet sound or prayer of knowing your oneness with Jesus. Now there's a lot of noise and rumor 
in our modern Western teaching. I grew up with this. See if you identify. Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. And Jesus was led up into the wilderness. Finish the sentence. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And Jesus went out to a solitary place to pray. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Boy, I need the Bible. The Bible is my lamp. The Bible is my, is my light. Only thing is, they didn't have a Bible when that was written. They knew nothing about a Bible. There was no Bible when David wrote that song. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And yet, because of our teaching, especially here in the West, there's a lot of rumor and a lot of noise that prayer looks like something in particular, that being close to God looks like something in particular. And there's a lot of noise in that religious teaching. I was reading an article over the weekend as I was preparing. I'm going to share part of it with you here. Some of it will be on the screen. Quote, But merely getting away isn't enough. There's a benefit to be had in just letting your soul decompress and getting out of the concrete jungle. I might submit to you, this was a, by a Christian author of a very large Christian ministry. Enjoying nature and letting your soul breathe fresh air. Watch this. But there's nothing distinctly Christian about that. We can bring the quote down, Jeff, please. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> There's nothing distinctly Christian about that. Oh, okay, so all of a sudden we're creating tribes and there's right and there's wrong when it comes to getting away or being alone with God, see. We can put it back up, Jeff. He continues, for those of us who are in Christ, are you getting it, the dualism? So there's already a we and they. There's already a tribe going on. There's those of us who are in Christ and those who aren't in Christ, right? He is saying that. Not in so many words, he says that. For those of us who are in Christ, in other words, all the rest of you who aren't in Christ, there may be some value in getting away, but our value in getting away, going to a quiet place, sneaking out uh, you know, to decompress, uh, getting out of the uh, concrete jungle, enjoying nature. Oh, it, it, you know, it has some value, but there's something more. For us who are in Christ, the dualism has such a stench. He says, we want to come back better. Mmm. Not only rested, but more ready to love and to sacrifice. We want to find new clarity. We want to resolve and, and initiate, excuse me. We want to find new clarity, resolve, and initiative. Or return primed to redouble our efforts by faith in our callings in the home, among friends, at work, and in the body of Christ. 
Oh, I'm already tired. I went to get away from the concrete jungle, and that has value for some, but us Christians, we go for a higher purpose. We're going to go to come back better. We're going to be more loving, more sacrificial. We're going to find greater clarity, more initiative, and when we get back, we are going to redouble our efforts. (laughs) Goodness sakes. I got tired reading the article. I didn't want to spend time with the Lord. I was tired reading what that was going to mean, what that was going to require of me. So those of us who are in Christ, look out, men. You're going to have to work for this thing. You're going to have to work to find quiet. And it's a bunch of religious noise that we need to be delivered through the quiet the sound of quiet in discovering who we are in the divine. I take issue with the comment, for those of us who are in Christ, in other words, a whole bunch aren't, because 2 Corinthians chapter 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creature. Everything is old, has passed away. Everything has become new. Now, here's Weiss' translation of that, starting all the way back in verse 14. Because remember, whenever the Bible, whenever Paul, the writer here of this particular letter, uses the word therefore, you've got to go back a couple of verses in context and find out why it's therefore. If he says therefore, he's talking about the previous thought in the previous couple of verses. So I'm going to start in verse 2 because you can't understand verse 17 until until you've uh, read verse 14, 15, and 16. So here's Weiss. For the love which Christ presses on me from all sides, holding me to one end and prohibiting me from considering any other, wrapping itself around me in tenderness, giving me an impelling motive, having brought me to this conclusion, namely... Having brought me to this, everybody say conclusion. Having brought us to this what? Conclusion, namely, that one died on behalf of all in order that those who are living no longer are living for themselves, but for the one who died on their behalf instead of them and was raised. So that, as for us, from this particular time onward, not even one individual, say it, not even one individual, say it again, not one individual do we know as judged upon the basis of a human standard. Even though we have known Christ as judged by human standard, yet now no longer do we know him as such, so that, assuming that anyone is in Christ, so if anyone be in Christ, He is a new creature. He has new qualities. Here's the mirror translation of verse 15 through 17. Now, if all were included in his death, they were equally included in his resurrection. All, not some, all. Verse 17. Now, in the light of our co-inclusion in his death and resurrection, whoever Whoever you thought you were before, in Christ you're a brand new person. You see, the if that Paul uses at the beginning of verse 17 isn't 
a condition, it's a conclusion. It's not if you are, if you're part of the tribe, if you're a Christian, if, if you're a good Bible believer, if you're living the life, if you're walking the walk, if you've become a Christian, if you're born again, if Jesus, if you've allowed Jesus into your, see, that's what we've done with that one little word, if. We made it a condition. And it's not a condition. It's a conclusion. Based on verse 14, 15, and 16. He died for all. All were in his death. All are in his resurrection. And so, anyone who's in Christ, how should we look at them? We don't look at any human being the same way we used to. We look at everybody with a clear judgment and conscience. That is, that they have unsurpassable value and worth to God, no matter who they are. We are in Christ. I'll continue from that article that I mentioned. I just want to sort of wrap this up in his thought and what he was saying. Quote, getting away quiet and alone is no special grace on its own. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. It's the quiet sound of knowing oneness. You don't need to do anything when you get quiet. And by the way, you don't have to go somewhere to be quiet because you are complete inside. You're in him and he's in you as we talked about last week. But the goal, watch this, he says, the writer of this article, the goal is to create a context for enhancing our hearing from God in his word and responding back to him in prayer. There we go. Obligation, performance, reason I go is so I can perform better in prayer and listening. Silence and solitude, then, are not direct means of grace themselves, I disagree, but they can grease the skids. The point of practicing silence as a spiritual discipline is not so that we can hear God's audible voice, okay, sure, but so we can be less distracted, I agree, and better hear him speak with greater clarity. Here's the problem, folks, with this approach to prayer and silence. It constitutes magic. Paul Young wrote a book called The Lies We Tell About God. And he said there's this reality to faith magic and to performance magic. And I cannot improve upon his words. I'm going to read you some text from that book. The use of rituals, symbols, actions, gestures, and language with the aim of exploiting power is known as faith magic. Behind religious magic is the belief in a God who needs to be coerced to do something. The interaction, the interaction is transactional. If I do the right thing or I say the right prayer or incantation, then God is obligated to respond in a certain way. But I don't believe that God's response to our request is ever because we performed the right actions or said the right words. Amen. God might act in spite of our expectations for magic, but God's response is motivated by love, 
not by our performance or skill in prayer. It's about relationship with a God who joins us to be present and comforting in the midst of our loss and our suffering. That beautiful? He continues. The second kind of magic is performance magic. It works like this. If I do the right things, such as read my Bible, attend church, tithe, pray, go on mission trips, and if I don't do the wrong things, that list depends on the group that you belong to or are part of, then God will bless me and the things I pray for will happen. Well, that's problematic because a lot of those things don't happen, and when they don't happen, well, then you're in trouble because now you have to explain that in one of two ways. Either you didn't have enough faith or you didn't say it the right way when you prayed. Because it's not God's fault, right? We all admit that. That's what's put on the person who hasn't received an answer to a prayer, who's lost his business, or who's, uh, who, whose child committed, uh, um, uh, shot themselves or committed, uh, what am I thinking of? A suicide, oh my goodness. Well, you didn't believe God strong enough. You obviously weren't teaching the word in your family well enough. Paul continues, Paul Young, quote, the alternative to magic is relationship, which is full of mystery and the loss of control. Magic is about knowing the right incantations, formulas, and performances. Relationship is about trust. That good? Let me share something with you from the writings of Paul. He was an apostle, a follower, avid follower of Jesus. He wrote to a church called Ephesus. And in the fourth chapter of that letter, he wrote this. The fact that I am in prison, he wrote it from prison. <laughs> the fact that I am in prison does not in the least diminish my awareness, watch it, awareness of my in Christness. I am imprisoned in Christ. My complete existence is defined and confined in him. Let the detail of your day-to-day -day life flow from the consciousness of your true identity and worth as it is mirrored in him. Religious noise and rumor can only be quieted by the sound of knowing your relationship with the divine. I'm going to give you four simple habits as we wrap up here. Say habit. Not work, not performance, not got to do this or God won't hear me. That's religious noise. I'm just going to give you four casual habits that you could develop. Number one, fresh attention. Be attentive. Be attentive to who you're living in and who's inside of you. You're one with him already. Nothing could bring you closer. So the big idea is this. A God who is distant, one who must be sought, found, received, or held on to, is not the loving God of Scripture or his son Jesus. Such a God is noise, the noise of religion. It's a distraction from the image of who you already are in God. We said last week, the distance you imagine will be the closeness you feel. Number two, listen. 
Listen in silence. Trust God to meet you there. He isn't somewhere else. You're not coming back stronger, better, closer, more acceptable. You are now everything that you need to be. You are now whatever God wants you to be. Oh, there can be some clarity and you can deal with some distractions so that that focus of your attention and or your awareness is sharper. Yes, yes. But it needs to come through some quiet awareness and listening to who you already are, not something you need to become. Number three, write your thoughts down. Those thoughts are God's thoughts. Say, how do I know it's God? Well, who else would it be? The devil wouldn't be telling you that. Think about it. That thought you just had to call somebody and say, I'm sorry, or be kind, or offer to take him to lunch? The devil wouldn't tell you that. And we need to talk about this thing of the devil directly speaking to you anyway. <laughs> That's another lesson. That's not today. Okay, I'm out of time. Write your thoughts. Those are God's thoughts. Jesus said the Holy Spirit was given to us to teach us that the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us. Trust him in that. Trust that he's there speaking. And number four, reflect on your already now. Reflect on your already now. I'm going to close with two quotes, one from Paul, who we've been quoting extensively already. Paul Young, excuse me. Quote, the alternative to magic is relationship, which is full of mystery and the loss of control. Magic is about knowing the right incantations, formulas, and performances. Relationship is about trust. Richard Rohr, pastor, teacher, theologian. Ready? Quote, I am increasingly convinced that the word prayer which has become a functional and pious thing for believers to do, was meant to be a descriptor and an invitation to, to inner experience. When spiritual teachers invite us to pray, they are in effect saying, go inside and know yourself. Go inside and know who you are in Jesus. You don't need to become more like him. That was the lie presented to Adam and Eve in the garden that got them to allow evil to overtake what was already perfect. <laughs> what have you heard? Look what I have. And my wonderful Matthew is going to make that available to you. We'll turn my mic off when you're speaking so they don't compete and uh, then uh, the sound people will turn off that mic so when I need to speak. So let's go. What'd you hear? I felt that it was quite interesting. Um, we had gone to my cousin's memorial yesterday and on the way home we took a route that we don't ever take. And it was in a, an area in Colorado that Jim hadn't been to, so it was also new and different for him. 
And so we got to stop. Well, first of all, Colorado is absolutely gorgeous right now. <laughs> and when we were driving through, oh my gosh, we were just awed consistently. Yeah. And then we um, stopped at a place um, that we'd never heard of. It was, it's called Bishop's Castle. And basically this guy was starting to build just a building, a one-room building. And when people would see it, they would tell him that it looked like a castle. And so he then made this one-room building a castle, which is still in the making. I don't know when the last time he ever touched it was, but it was a long time ago. So having gone through that experience yesterday, this morning I opened up an app which invites you to meditate, to calm down, to you know, deal with stress, etc. And it so happened to say, um, what are you thankful for? So I thought about yesterday, and I wrote down the things I was thankful for, being grateful. And then it said, okay, take that, those things that you're grateful for, internalize them. How does it make you feel? Kind of stuff. So, you know, of course, being a Christian, I internalize it surrounding Christ. And then, um, then after a time, a period of silence, getting away from the noise, and not, you know, not think, just letting it, just realizing what it did internally. Then it said, okay, now take that feeling that you felt, and I don't remember the exact words, but basically speak it out to family or friends or enemies. And I was able to then the love and everything, the gratefulness, I was able to speak it out to even <laughs> Russia <laughs> and China. And it was an experience of love your neighbor. I mean, hate, love your enemy. Okay, don't just love those you love, but love your enemy as well. And I thought, well, that was really different. And then for you to come and, and talk about all of these things this morning, I thought, <laughs> We're in sync. <laughs> it, it was tr it was the whole experience yesterday and today was was awesome. Wow! 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 Yeah. Oh, wow! How great is that? All right, the mic's coming around. I love that sound of quiet. I love that sound of silence. Silence does have a sound. That's what we're talking about. Silence has a sound. And sometimes it's louder than the noise. <laughs> I was, um, it's funny that um, it was like a confirmation today to what, we just started watching this new series alone, and it's about these 10 men that are put in harsh um, environmental situations out in the middle of nowhere just by themselves. A few cameras, 10 items, and some of what they've been experiencing is that silence? No, no, nothing there but their own thoughts. No one there to talk to. Nothing to do. But you know, get get your water, get your food, get your shelter, and just sit. And some of them have really embraced just the beauty that's around them. 
the rainbow after the rain, the green, the water, the, you know, beautiful, you know, and some of them have had to tap out. They couldn't take it. They couldn't take because their thoughts were so loud in that environment that they couldn't, they couldn't absorb it. They couldn't absorb the beauty. And one man had made a comment that, you know, people go out thinking they're going to conquer nature. He says, you don't conquer nature. You just have to be in it. You just have to flow with it. You have to experience it. And I thought, wow, this is really good. And it's what I need. <laughs> so, um, Nina, there's some, are you tracking just text or are you tracking the chat? Okay, so Ralph says, I hope it was a Christian concert, Jeff. <clears throat> <laughs> then it's called Evangelizing the Neighborhood. <laughs> Ralph, only you. Ralph says, uh, noise versus signal. Rumor does not really include useful information and no signal. Therefore, it is noise. God is motivated by his own love. I would add. Otherwise, people derive that God will only bless those that love him. Good thought, huh? All right, this first question, Jeff, please, could we throw it up? If you'd look at the screen here, I have a couple of leading questions for you. Why do you think so many people view God as distant? Yes, Matt. I think um, it, you touched on it when you were talking about magic. Um, and it's funny because when I was, I don't know, younger, we talked about magical Jesus and how if you said the right thing, then magical Jesus would take you away to heaven eventually. And, and that's surprisingly, that's what so many people still believe. Um, and that's what, you know, basic Western uh, Christianity is based upon, you know. And, and you have to, in, in the quote you put up there about the formula, uh, you have to get the formula right. Uh, you have to know all of the things you can and can't do. And people desire that that understanding because they otherwise they feel out of control. And when you when you juxtapose that to the relationship that is out of control, it's designed to be out of control. Um, it's scary. And so people prefer the magic. They prefer um, that thing that they you can go and read it in a book and it tells you what you have to do in this situation and that situation but that's not life you can't have a book that that covers everything and so people go to this religious doctrine and they they preach it and they, because they want that control um, but what it does is it creates a very um, controlling view of God because your religion is controlling you must also be controlling you must also um, be disappointed in me you must also uh, think that I have to behave this way or that way or I'm not acceptable and so I think that's a big reason why why people are distant I think just on the the topic of quiet there was an experience I had um, I was going through my divorce and a whole bunch of other really rotten stuff in life uh, and it was a really difficult time and my brother was really nice enough uh, it was awesome he paid for me to go up to a steamboat and just have a weekend by myself and just kind of get away um, and I cried a lot that weekend just because I had been pushing all of my emotions down. And I wasn't letting myself hear. 
I was surrounding myself with noise, I was talking to people, I was, you know, like doing all kinds of stuff to kind of keep the emotions buried. And when I got to the silence, the emotions were allowed to come out, and that's when the most work was done. That's when I was able to actually understand where I was and, and who I was and what my value was. That could actually be a number five in our four habits. Yell, cry, cry loud, get angry, get angry with God even. He gets it, he understands. That's not a problem for him, he's got big shoulders. Put that next question up. And uh, as, you're, as, you're, uh, as we're preparing to answer that, Jeff, thanks. Uh, Ralph says, I love magic in faith, but I define magic as, quote, not being able to explain what just happened, and it's great. <laughs> That's a good thought, too. <laughs> All right, this next question. What is the primary reason you seek quiet space? to get away from the noise. Well, hopefully, as you review today's teaching, maybe even watch it back once or twice, you might come away with a very definite answer here. So that you can become one with the divine that's already in you. We need quiet space so that we can become one with what's already in us. Next question, Jeff. What do you hope to take away from your quiet time? When you do have quiet time, what do you hope to take away? I'm sorry? Peace. Peace? Relaxation. Relaxation. Well, that sure doesn't sound like my, my uh, dear brother that wrote here. Um, I hope to become, I'm going to become better. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to come back stronger so that I can go back to it and I can double my effort. <laughs> but folks, that's common. That's commonly preached from pulpits. That's common Western evangelicalism. That's common Christian thought, especially in the West. Not so much of our Eastern brothers. Awareness. Awareness. Yeah, yeah, awareness. Awareness kind of takes everything we're talking about this morning and puts it in a word. Awareness. Awareness of who you are. Awareness of who he is and how he loves us. Ralph says, why do people think that God is magic? Because they are told that they are sinners outside of God's kingdom, which makes the kingdom something out there. But if they repent, everything will be fine. And then everything isn't fine, and thus God must be distant. Key. Yeah, really key. Next question, Jeff. Whose thoughts are you listening to when you pray? A lot of your own? <laughs> really? Are they all your own? You know, uh, one of the things I have to fight, uh, honestly, and just being transparent here, I start going through lists of to-dos. When, when I try to get quiet, 
I immediately start thinking of the list of to-dos that I have to get done. <laughs> I have to fight that. But I'm talking about those impressions that you get when you're being quiet, okay? I've had people say, well, how do I know that's not just me? Maybe that's the devil, or maybe that's... Well, now, wait a minute. Jesus said he was going to give you a helper, a comforter, who would show you things to come. He would guide you in all things and speak to you and teach you. Where do you how do you think he's going to speak to you? It's not going to be a burning bush. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, how, how's he going to do it except to use your thoughts? Yes, okay. So, um, Caroline Leaf, a lot of you are familiar with Dr. Caroline Leaf um, and the stuff she does. It's about, you know, rewiring your brain. Um, one of the things that she talks about is that your your mind is above your brain. And there's essentially, we're, one of the things that separates us from animals is that, as far as we know, animals don't have a mind that can control their brain. We think that our brain controls our mind, but it's actually the other way around. Your mind can influence how your brain works. And so sometimes when I'm having a quiet time, I'll be having like a conversation with my, between my mind and my brain. Like I'll have a thought and then my mind will check the, the thought and say, is that really a good thought? Or, you know, like sometimes the rambling turns into a, like a kind of a back and forth um, conversation between my mind and my brain. And that's a really a strange thing to think about um, but I think that if you kind of like just are quiet and your thoughts you just allow your thoughts to run eventually you start checking your own thoughts and you know where does that come from other than either the spirit or your mind which is above your brain uh, Caroline Leaf is a Christian and so she, she actually defines the mind as influenced by the spirit so really good, uh, really good. and along those lines listen to this Ralph says uh, I do not hope to take anything away from my quiet time because I do, do not do it in a utilitarian way. Or it might be, I'm not sure. Utilitarian seems to be what it says. I just enjoy it. I have my own thoughts because according to Paul, I have Christ's mind. Utilitarian. Yeah, so in other words, he's not trying to uh, make it useful. He's not trying to make it useful. He's not trying to make it Okay. He's not trying to make it useful. He's not there to, as our writer of that article said, I go so that I can come back better and I can even double my efforts. Uh, Ralph says, man, I, I just go to enjoy it. And I have the mind of Christ, so he's speaking to me. I need to leave Nina. So, man, this is really great, everybody. Your participation, thank you so much. I need to leave, leave a little bit of time for our prayers. Okay, go ahead with a comment that was sent by text. Yeah, and this is, goes back to the magic questions and thoughts. And from Jeff, uh, everyone thinks God is magic, so that they have an explanation for something they cannot physically see. You get the point there that if, you know, it's, he's got to be magic because I can't see him. You know, kind of a feeling. Yeah. Is that it?